Okay. Uh, can, can we pass the reception to get me a towel? Last week we started off with a bit of the background of this uh, commentary uh, and a bit of the motivation behind this text plus the conditions that uh, bring about this class. Uh, I have uh, prepared this English Chinese uh, side by side verses. Um, some of you, oh no, not some of you, all of you have the from last week, right? Yeah. So the one from last week is the sub-commentary of this commentary. Yeah. So I have on the screen just the commentary. Yeah. They don't have a power to do They came out this way. I don't have a power. don't have a power. Tell them to prepare next week. Uh. Usually they have the wet tower for the... Next week has right. Last week, I, I think next week we'll prepare ourselves. Yeah, yeah. So you need this. No, no, they should be packed. Because they are the organizer. So, uh, yeah. So, we'll be looking at this. Uh, but if you have the, if you still have the PDF, you can always refer to it. There are certain sections which, you see. So, I thought we were using the visual, so I brought this. So, where did we stop last week? It's 17. 10 chapters all together, and in the first chapter, uh, it basically establishes the, the benefits of this thing called bodhicitta. Yeah? Uh, what is bodhicitta? Yeah? Uh, the word citta, it means heart, yeah? heart or mind. Yeah? Typically translated as heart 
Yeah, or what in Chinese we call sing. Yeah. Bodhi, Bodhi means uh, awaken. Yeah. Uh, so here, uh, Bodhicitta refers to the wish or the aspiration to become awakened. Yeah. Uh, in the case of the Shravaka disciple, Shravaka, are you familiar? Who is not familiar with Shravaka? Okay. So, uh, the good thing about this is that we can... Let me see. Uh, how should I do this? Okay, let me just create a new file. And then... Just use that as a as a writing pen. Uh. So, Shravaka. So, uh, Shravakas refers to those who, who 
to attain enlightenment uh, by listening to the Buddha's teaching uh, in the final birth. Yeah? Who need the Buddha's teaching to become enlightened. Shravaka. And that is why the Buddha referred to them as hearers. Yeah? In Pali, it would be uh, Samaka, yeah, without the R. are those who attain enlightenment uh, without a need for a Buddha to teach them in their final birth. Okay? So someone who is able to attain enlightenment on their own uh, is uh, today, in today's context, is known as a Buddha, uh, self-awakened Buddha. Uh, but the difference between Pachika Buddha and a Samasa Buddha, let me just pick out the Bodhisattva for now. The difference between Pachuka Buddha and a Sama Sambuddha is that a Sama Sambuddha, after attaining enlightenment, would give teachings, would establish the Sangha, establish the, the teachings, and then establish the Sangha. Yeah? Whereas for a Pachuka Buddha, after being enlightened on his own, uh, he wouldn't teach further. Why wouldn't he teach further? No conditions to teach. Why isn't there conditions to teach? Wasn't part of his vow and practices. Yeah. Simple as that. So, in the case of this, uh, uh, in the Mahayana teachings, then uh, Bodhicitta would implicitly refer to. Uh, attainment of Buddhahood. Yeah. So there's one, two, and three. For Mahayana teachings, it will be number three. Okay. Uh, mainly number three. Okay. To so attain Buddhahood uh, for the sake of liberating all sentiments. Okay. Now, but within Mahayana teachings, uh, the reason why it's called Mahayana I will, because I more or less touch type so I may just type and then not look at what I'm typing up. so if you find that I'm typing rubbish please let me know so Mahayana the great pinnacle There are many ways, in many ways, uh, is it considered great? And one of them is that it encompasses all three vehicles. Yeah? The Shravaka, Ka, 
the Pachakalpa and the Sama Sambuddha Pati. Yeah. Or the Bodhisattva path, if you will. Bodhisattva path ultimately lead to Sama Sambuddha. So, uh, rightly speaking, if you are Bodhisattva, you should learn all the three paths uh, in order to help sentient beings attain to various fruits. Uh, clear, uh, okay with this screen? Okay, yeah. So we go to the. So back to this. So over here. So after watching, after seeing that picture, you may think, ah, in future if I see a pregnant lady, let me stand up and offer my seat. Yeah. So that's the intent. Then one day when you're really in the train, then you see a pregnant lady, uh, then you really stand up. Uh, then So this is the distinction. Both are talking about the same thing, but one is the thought, one is the action. Uh, so uh, there's a verse below, that talk about two types of two types of bodhicitta. Yeah, these are the two distinct. Uh, but if I can go back to the 
train example or bus example. Uh, I was having this thought. Those who those who take such pictures, uh, why why is it that why is it that the kindness to stand up is limited to those who are sitting on reserved seats? Why is it that you know the fact that you are not sitting on reserved seats gives you the right to look at those who are reserved seats and then oh how come you don't give up your seat? 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, there's no reserve seats. So does it mean that then it's okay not to stand up? <laughs> so initially I didn't think about this. So after, you know, this, this few months there's no such posting. Uh, there was a few months, a few weeks, the moment I look at Facebook, Wow, there's like all kinds of photos about people not standing up uh, and you know a lot of this posting I wonder um, I'm not suggesting that it's correct for the person sitting on reserve seats not to stand up I'm wondering uh, must we sit on reserve seats yeah to be kind yeah are we so law by law are <laughs> Singaporeans so law by law are we so regimental so structured so, so uh, law-abiding that kindness must be uh, regulated. Will we come to a point in time where it is law that you must, uh, you know, the law says that, that one day we must have a law that says you must take care of your parents. Oh, is mm. that such a law really? Yes. Well, there yeah. is a, <laughs> what, what law is that? <laughs> what does it say? So if you don't, can be sued. Uh? Oh dear. Oh, and can ask for like to take care of them. Oh, I should test. So if a person actually, if if the if a person even have a difficulty to to have that kindness towards one's own parents, then Bodhicitta is even further away. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I remember last year or something, I think it was Mother's Day, so I posted some you know very moving uh, clips uh, and posters and stuff uh, on Facebook. <laughs> And then someone posted one line. Oh, I, I think it was about it was about the the Angotara Nikaya uh, about gratitude. I posted something on that. And then there was a person who posted uh, retorting saying, uh, "But there are parents who don't deserve our love." <laughs> and then posted many many articles about parents who abuse their children. <laughs> I'm sure you can always find a counter example for anything you want to do. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I think it's also it's even more important to consider why you want to have bodhicitta. Yeah. In the case of bodhicitta, uh, it is not that you only have bodhicitta for those who are nice people. 
Bodhicitta encompasses all sentient beings. In fact, there's a there's a, 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 a teaching that says the Buddha have extra, like the Bodhisattva Buddhas have even more compassion for those who are evil doers. Yeah, because by by the fact that they are evil doers, uh, they have very painful future, you know. Yeah. So they are even they are very concerned about this issue. My teacher, my late ordination teacher, uh, he says there are two kinds of people that the Buddha and the Bodhisattva should give pay extra attention and sometimes even appear to them. Yeah. Those who have uh, practiced very well and is on the verge of of uh, progression. Like very close to, let's say, uh, Sotapanna, yeah? very close to attaining stage one Bodhisattva, or from stage one about to reach stage two, yeah? but just uh, like stuck there. Uh, then Buddhas, Bodhisattvas will appear and give guidance. Or if you are someone who is, you know, degenerating, <laughs> about to do something horrific, <laughs> yeah. And if there are conditions, then they will appear and help you also. For most people, pusang <laughs> pusia, yeah, uh, not quite progressing, not quite, yeah, not quite capable of very good, not quite capable of extreme bad also. Yeah, so, uh, no conditions to uh, accelerate. So, uh, verse. Six we have covered, right? Yeah. So now on to verse seven. Translation is from the Tibetan version, okay? Yeah, but this Chinese is also from the Tibetan version, so I don't know who added or who missed out. Yeah, but the Chinese translation doesn't have the mighty. Uh, but do you think my Buddhas are mighty? <laughs> in a way they are, but in a way they are not. verse here uh, relates how uh, the Buddha through all the kalpas you know, observed that uh, this this dressing yeah, having seen that this and only this 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 refers to bodhicitta this aspiration this thought 
给予有情众不安。欲想百种快乐者，恒常莫舍菩提心。So, those who wish to overcome the sorrows of their lives and put to flight the pain and suffering of all beings, those who wish to win such great beatitude should never turn their back on Buddhicitta. Uh, I, uh, I, I need to explain a bit the Sanyo. Yeah, so this, uh, again, in the translation, somehow it's lost. Uh, notice that on the right side, this part is not uh, being brought up. So what is this Sanyo? Uh, Sanyo refers to becoming. Unfortunately, in this computer, the, uh, the, what do you call that? The, the Chinese text is not set up. Not should have. Shift alternate. Shift alternate. Yeah. They may not have uh, activated the additional keyboard. Where? I haven't used the English Singapore. Where? I haven't used Windows for a long time. Okay. Under language and input. Give me a minute. Uh. Let me. Let's uh, try. Let's try. Keyboards. As a guess. Yeah, they don't have the Chinese in there. For the sake, I will use Simplified. Please don't ask me to insert the disk. Hey, what do you know? There's one more, there's one more keyboard with a ping in. There's another one with a ping in. Not this Singapore. Use the PRC simplified. PRC easier to use. I think the PRC comes with a honey ping in keyboard. Keyboard, there's a ping in, honey ping in. Yeah, this one. The second one, I think. So what if you don't go to home, then just expand the page size, can or the font can. Yeah. Okay. So this Sanyo is from the 
from the from here over here yeah by banku so in the English translation is somehow lost so for those who want to overcome by fana by banku doesn't mean just hundred types okay in Chinese there are two characters that mean everything by and one yeah so like one sitonan and here by banku doesn't mean just hundred types huh? uh, it means everything so how about the sanyo sanyo here uh, refers to the uh, process of becoming I will change the thing back to English again. Oh, becoming, yeah. Or coming into existence. <laughs> yeah, this is a form of suffering, yeah. working <laughs> suffering. Caused by technology. So, coming to existence. So the three types of becoming Central desire uh, sphere sometimes used as realm, then the form realm and formless realm. So the three sanyo refers to the the three becoming the three coming to existence uh, with respect to the three spheres of existences or three realms of existences and they are sensual desire form and formless so this is In brief, this is the uh, Buddhist worldview that our existences come in many shapes and sizes, 
we are usually more familiar with the six realms heavenly, human, asuras, hell, animal, and uh, ghosts. Uh, or hell, ghosts, hungry ghosts, and animals. Uh, so six realms we are more familiar. Uh, but there's also this classification, which is according to the kind of uh, attachment that we have. Yeah? The kind of attachment that we have. Those who are attached to sensual desire sphere, yeah? have sensual desire as its focus, then you'll be reborn in the sensual desire realms. And sensual desire realm itself encompasses all the six realms. For form, for the form realm, uh, it is uh, classified under the heavenly realm. Yeah. So those who have practiced meditation to a, to a rather uh, deep level, called the jhanas, yeah, the form realm, form realm concentration. Then, upon dying, if they can enter into the jhana and pass away that way, then they can be reborn into the form uh, world. Okay? And likewise, for the formless realm, those who can attain to the formless concentration, where their focus, their focal point is not something physical. Those who normally, when we meditate, we meditate on the breath. The breath is considered something that is physical. Yeah? So it still has uh, that physical aspect to it, yeah? uh, including if you focus on uh, the four elements, earth, water, fire, wind, and this would be under physical form also. Formless realm, once you reach the form jhana, then you you are able to extend the concentration to encompass an infinite space with your physical focus and the physical object of your focus you can encompass infinitely then you take away that infinite uh, that infinite object you are left with the vacant space that is infinite and then that becomes the first level of the formless concentration From the second, from the first of the formless concentration, the second to the third to the fourth is similarly done. Uh, if there are conditions, I will go through that. Yeah, but we can go on and then cover the whole of Buddhism, but stuck in verse seven. Okay, so uh, all our existences within samsara is encompassed by these three spheres. You know those Chinese movies, uh, especially those with uh, some, like, Bai Bang Wo Ni or what, you know, sometimes they say, Kaobutsu San Jie! Actually, they a lot of this from Jing Yong. He, he copied a lot of these terms from Buddhism. Yeah. Uh, in Buddhism, the San Jie refers to Yu Jie, Se Jie, Wu Se Jie. So if you watch more Chinese movie, uh, listen for this, it's actually referring to this. That being the case, the San Yu, uh, referring to going into existence, coming into existence within these three realms, which is basically all kinds of existence, all possible 
types of resistance is encompassed by this sun you already. Yeah. So if you then go back to the original verse, you mean sun you by banku. Ah, then it makes sense. For those who want to, who desire, who wish to remove all the suffering that is within these three states of coming into existence. Because these three, three coming into existence or becoming, it basically encompasses all possible existence. So this is talking about how if a person wants to remove all your suffering, yeah. So, uh, sometimes with Chinese verses, when they translate, uh, it has a bit of the Chinese uh, prose yeah, coming in. So, yeah, so uh, the various uh, afflictions within sentient things. Yeah, the, the word yoxing refers to uh, sentient, those who are sentient. Yoxing. Yo ching, yo ching shi, that means you, those that can feel, yeah, that which can feel. When you see it on a cushion, does a cushion feel anything? Answer should be no, huh? Yeah. If you see on a cushion and cushion like ouch, then maybe you don't want to sit on that cushion. <laughs> you want to move the cushion away. <laughs> I don't know what is inside the cushion. <laughs> okay. So here all the various uh, the kind of uh, perturbation in the mind yeah, agitation in the mind yeah, of those that can feel in other words, sentient things again here, hundred types only hundred types? no, yeah, it's talking about when they say by, in this case, hundred is referring to all uh, for those who wants to uh, uh, experience enjoy uh, all the different kinds of uh, uh, joy if you will of happiness of course if you can think about it does it mean that because the last last part then such a person who wants to do these three things uh, yeah, the first thing here second thing and the third thing those who want to do these three things what should they do? they should never uh, forsake bodhicitta they should never uh, throw away uh, uh, forsake, throw away bodhicitta uh, but does it mean that if you strive for bodhicitta then you, know, you can enjoy yourself uh? no uh, here, uh, refers to again cessation of suffering. Yeah, cessation of suffering. Uh, for for many people, uh, at this point, is a bit ambiguous uh, or maybe a bit hard to fathom. Uh, why would why would the enlightenment be? what this verse is talking about. Yeah. Even if you just talk about hundred types of pleasure, I'm sure in this world you can find hundreds kinds of pleasure, isn't it? Yeah. Or happiness. But here it's not talking about that. 
uh, in relation to worldly happiness, uh, being awakened, being enlightened, is far more superior. Far more superior. So this third verse uh, of wanting to enjoy or experience the various kinds of uh, happiness, the translation just uh, omit it altogether and just say, those who wish to win such great beatitude. Of course, the word beatitude actually has uh, Christian, <laughs> Judeo-Christian implication. Uh, yeah. But here, it should be the great joy of Nirvana. Uh, the great joy of Nirvana. Just now I mentioned about how when we understand happiness and suffering differently, then we pursue different things. We will pursue different things. Uh, how many of you have attended retreats before? Yeah. How many of you have attended retreats more than once? Those who attend more than once or intend to attend more than once, uh, you must have benefited from it. If your first experience of a retreat is split up, eh? <laughs> yeah. and you don't gain anything from it, uh, you may still try a second time. But if a second time proves you right again, <laughs> you may hesitate to do it a third time. Yeah. Uh, needless to say, if you actually benefit from the first retreat, then uh, there's a much higher chance that you would consider uh, going for it again. Now then if you compare with someone who has never experienced a retreat before, for most people, to be cooped up in a place for one day, one night. Not to mention those uh, five days, one week, or three weeks, or three months retreat. Uh, even just one day, one night. Yeah. To be cooped up in a place and uh, not to get to do what you want to do, and to eat at a fixed timing, and not get to choose what you eat. And then in some retreats, you cannot even have your dinner, and then you have to sleep on the floor. <laughs> so, for those who have not experienced it before, it may be hard to understand why that would be interesting enough to try a second time. Now, similarly, um, for those who have not um, experienced enlightenment yet, then it may uh, be a bit difficult to understand why this is not referring to worldly happiness. So the next verse. Should Buddhichitta come to birth in one who's, 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 uh, who suffers, uh, who suffers in the dungeons of samsara? In that instant, instance, Since he's called the Buddha's heir, worshipful, 
like the light to God and man. Uh, I would probably uh, what you see is the original. Then when I change is what I think it should be, uh, uh, or maybe more appropriate, worthy of respect. respect to gods and men alike. So here, uh, a very simple metaphor. Yeah, so, our cycle of birth and death is seen here as a, as a prison. Yeah, as a prison that uh, traps us. Usually our first encounter with the term samsara is that samsara is a place, is the world that we are stuck in. But as we, uh, I shouldn't say as we, uh, uh, for, for myself, as I learn more and observe more, I start to find that it's not samsara that traps us. We choose to be in samsara. We choose our own prison self. We trap ourselves. We should stop the victimization, uh, victim mentality. Oh, we are being trapped in samsara. You know, we trap ourselves. Uh, uh, greed, as I mentioned before, uh, we want greed. But how about anger? At the moment when anger arises, we want it also. Sometimes even after the event is over, we still want it. So, uh, delusion is a bit tricky, uh, but sometimes we choose to be deluded. Yeah. Uh, so, here the, the, the metaphor of samsara, sense refers to the uh, wandering, wandering through samsara or through birth and death and samsara. It causes suffering, it brings about suffering for sentient beings. Uh, but even if for an instant, for a moment, vatsana, how, how long is a, this is not a Chinese word, if you go and look for Chinese derivation, cha and then na, no such word. Uh. This is ying yi. Yeah. I don't know what, how to pronounce the actual word because I, I seldom hear people use this word in normal speech. Mm -hmm. uh, but the, the writing is K S H A N A. Yeah. So it's something like sana. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So in Chinese it's transliterated as sana to mean a moment. Yeah. A moment. So uh, within this this whole situation that we are in, yeah, that sentient beings are in, yeah, within samsara, if even just for a moment you have this thought, ah, may all beings be well and happy, may I strive towards enlightenment, even if you just have this one moment of mindset of bodhicitta, here it says, you, you can be named as the Buddha's uh, child, 
a Buddha's disciple, yeah, an heir of the Buddha. But if you only have it for one moment, then only for that moment, maybe. Yeah, after that, if you, you forsake it, then no more. So, if for that moment you have that thought, then for that moment you are worthy of respect. You're worthy of respect. Now, for some of us, when we see worthy of respect in gods and men alike, uh, you may think, who cares about whether people respect me or not? But it's to highlight that um, this is something very lofty, very noble, yeah? something that um, not just by some men, no, but in the world, by men and even gods will respect you for having this talk. Why? Because it's rare for, for people who are suffering in samsara to actually have a talk for other people's suffering. It's not easy for someone who is in this state, who is actually suffering, yourself, you yourself suffering, and then you actually have a kind thought for others. Not so easy. Yeah, not so easy. Yeah. But I've seen many individuals who, who, despite their own suffering, they can care for others. Yeah. It's not common. That's why it's so precious. Yeah. And that's why when you hear of someone with this quality, you, you find ah, you have admiration and, and respect for such a person. Uh, recently I mentioned about, was it in this class? If you think about it, something as common as breathing. You can breathe, I can breathe, everybody can breathe. So do you respect someone for being able to breathe? No big deal, anyone can breathe. <laughs> right? Yeah. So bodhicitta is not so common. 凡如最盛至今這個什麼料料夠生得此將轉成無價之寶佛陀身故應堅持菩提心。Initially when I read the Chinese verse I'm like what is this talking about? <laughs> then I read the English translation. Okay, I roughly know what this is talking about. Then I read the Chinese again. What is this talking about? <laughs> so, um, the first, the first uh, three, again, the first three parts of the verse is talking about how, uh, in order to have goal, you need to find the goal all. Uh, how many of you have have ever uh, go and dig for goal before? Not the dig your nose, <laughs> but really go to the gold mine. You know, uh, I don't think anyone, anyone in Singapore has done it. Maybe you go to Australia, Sydney, and then you go and play with the. You know, uh, a lot of that is actually fool's gold, uh, AK one. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, in actual fact, when you actually get a. Uh, the, the whole goal or yes uh, it has uh, it has only fine veins of gold yeah 
and sometimes it's mixed up with other minerals, yeah, and soil and, and rock and everything. So when you dig it out, you you, you need to be trained to, to spot that this has actually gold. But with modern technology, they don't use the eye anymore. They use um, uh, scanning, they use uh, radar, they use all kinds, just sonar, pulse, and so on, because different materials bounce the radio wave differently. Yeah. And once they detect that there's sufficient concentration there, then the machine go in and just pick everything up. Which is why it's so damaging. Yeah? Um, but the process of refining it, although it has improved a lot, uh, hasn't changed much. In the past, what they will do is, um, it's not simply just just like that, water, water. After that, you, you still have a chunk of thing that doesn't quite look like gold. So then they'll throw everything into the, uh, the, the furnace, the cradle, yeah? and then melt it down. Impurities will will just burn up, burn up, yeah, and then gold will melt, and the other materials will float up at different levels, yeah. And in this way, you 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 uh, remove the impurities, you remove other substances, and you retrieve only the gold, yeah. So, but if you consider the the, the original item, it's like dirt, you know, it's really basically dirt. You dig out the dirt, then you just do a lot of things to it, then you get gold. So similarly, so the first line is talking about that. Yeah. In order to to come out and go, uh, it takes a, a very a process that take crappy things. Yeah. So the second line, Go uh, the, the comparison is with us, sentient beings. Yeah. Uh, where our body, this body is filthy. Yeah? Uh, but through cultivation, through bodhicitta, then it gets transformed into uh, the priceless Buddha body. Yeah? In other words, from being a sentient being, through bodhicitta and the practice of bodhicitta, then you get transformed into a Buddha. So from a shitty thing, sentient being, shitty sentient being, into a uh, world honored one, a Buddha. And for that sake, Gu Ying Jian Fu Ti Xing. For that purpose, then you should uh, you should hear the translation in regular. We should grasp it firmly. Gu Ying Jian Fu Ti Xing. One should uh, persist, have perseverance. As far as bodhicitta is concerned, uh, if we go into a bit of background, what must what do you have to persist? Uh, for those who, without insomnia, yeah, when you sleep at night, do you have to persist? Do you have to put in effort to sleep? Yeah. Usually, if you, the more uh, the more you put in effort to sleep, the harder it is to sleep. Right? sleep. <laughs> yeah. Sleep is usually effortless. But for those who have insomnia or sleep sleep problem like sleep apnea and so on, then it seems like you need to put in a lot of effort. Yeah, you need to put in a lot of effort. So um, for sleep, you don't need to put in effort. You don't need to persist, you know. Yeah. Uh, but for for this uh, 
for this to attain Buddhahood, you need to. Yeah, it's not something that you just you just uh, have the aspiration and just sit around and then just wait and wait for for the number to be called. Four zero one zero. Go to uh, this world to attain Buddhahood. <laughs> Today is Friday. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hope that four zero one zero don't come up. <laughs> if it comes up, uh, next week you all have to come earlier because the whole place will be full for the wrong reason. <laughs> yeah, then it will be an irony because. This text keep on saying, you know, the supreme joy, supreme happiness is Nirvana, is Buddhahood. So, in front, that you should, if you want to, uh, you should uh, uphold, you should persist yeah, on Bodhicitta. Here it says, uh, those who uh, 众生, 众生导师以会观, So, uh, here, the, the translation is in a way good because it's very literal. Yeah? Uh, but Again, I don't know where the effect comes from. The uh, Dao师, who is the teacher, who is the teacher of all sentient beings? Uh, here is an epithet for the Buddha. Yeah? Uh, epithet for the Buddha. And I don't know where the word migrant comes from. Uh. Yeah. But this could be uh, another description for beings in samsara another description of beings in samsara. So the Buddha, described as the teacher of all sentient beings, through uh, wisdom, have observed that this, this, uh, this heart, what heart is it? The heart of Bodhicitta. Yeah. The attitude of awakening. Yeah. The aspiration to attain Buddhahood. Is what? Uh, is priceless. Yeah? It's priceless. It is uh, of extreme, um, extreme, what do you call that? Value. Yeah? And those who wish to uh, be free from the three, three worlds. Again, in the English translation, the Sanjies. I mentioned earlier the Sanjies, the sensual desire realm. Form realm and formless realm. <coughs> Those who wish to be free of these three uh, realms of existence, of three spheres of existence, yeah, should, uh, should then uh, uh, persist well. Yeah, should then persist well. Uh, the sun here. Usually translated as wholesome yeah, or good. Uh, here it means skill, skillfully, yeah, uh, skillfully. Sanxiao. 
其余善行如芭蕉，果实深疑，众苦高。菩提心树，藤生果，非泉非什么？非非非泉不净，反真貌。貌。貌。貌。反真貌。嗯。茂盛的茂。这是节点是吗？嗯。呃，收啊，费劲啊，费劲，费劲，费劲，不劲。Yeah, so, uh, so earlier on, <coughs> we've been talking about uh bodhicitta. So here, 其余善行如芭蕉。Yeah, so, uh, all other kinds of wholesome deeds. All other kinds of wholesome practices. Uh, here, the description is when you uh, when you receive the results, the fruits, then that's the end. Yeah. So here, the pa jiao shu, once it has grown, then supposedly it will just die. Uh. It cannot keep on growing new ones. Uh, but for this, in this analogy, pu ti xing shu. This bodhi tree plant, uh, bodhi tree, can keep on growing and then having new fruits, having new fruits. Uh, but don't don't dwell too much into the analogy like, oh, where is this tree? Uh? Wow, bodhi tree, wow, is it the one outside of Buddhist library? Uh, <laughs> it is a it's a metaphor, okay? It's a metaphor. Yes. Typically, when you think about Bodhisattva, we think Bodhisattva stay in samsara, don't leave samsara. In fact, there's also there's even this mindset that Bodhisattvas don't remove defilements in order to stay in samsara. In the Bodhisattva teachings, it explicitly highlights that this is the wrong view. Bodhisattvas has has to have compared to Shravaka. Shravaka disciples have to have revulsion towards samsara. For the Bodhisattva, they must have even stronger one, stronger revulsion and wish to be free of samsara. Otherwise, when it when it arises in samsara, Further, uh, he, if he is not clear himself, or she is not clear, if the Buddhist is not clear himself about the faults and danger of samsara, then how can he, how can the Buddhist successfully um, introduce to sentient things the path leading away from samsara? 
bodhisattvas do arise in the samsara, but they don't stay in samsara. Even as, uh, even as they arise in samsara, uh, it's a it's a different different thing altogether. Uh, we we are stuck in samsara. Uh, they are not stuck in samsara. When they finish their their mission, they finish their job. Okay, back up, go. For us, want to go, cannot go. If you want to go, have to stay. I'm going to stay, we have to stay. So, yes, yes, yes. So, where are we now? Okay. Uh, which part of samsara are we now? Human. <laughs> uh, which part of Singapore are we now? Gela. Yeah. There are many people who come to Gela. Uh, different people come to Gela for different reasons. Uh, today, you all come to Gelang for what purpose? Dharma learning. Dhamma. For Dharma learning. Uh, so on other days, do you come to Gelang? No. For food. For food. Depends. For food. <laughs> yeah. So um, imagine if you come to Gelang for uh, for those who come to Gelang for food or for other extra curricular activities, uh, then that is out of desire. That is out of desire. Yeah? Uh, when you come to the Buddhist library, or for that matter, any other classes, uh, any other centers for Dharma classes, uh, in a way it's out of desire also. 
Um, but it's a different kind of desire. Uh, the desire that doesn't lead to other problems. Uh, in the case of uh, samsara, the 12 links that you, you mentioned, uh, at the start of the 12 links uh, is ignorance. So, driven by ignorance, giving rise to delusion, greed, hatred, and through these tainted lenses, then when we experience the world through our sense bases, uh, it gives rise to different kinds of feelings that we grasp on because of that ignorance. And through that grasping, and we delight, and we delight in the pleasant experiences pleasant feelings, we are averse to the unpleasant ones, and we are ignorant of the neither pleasant nor unpleasant ones. And through that process, then it gives rise to craving. Craving in various ways. Cravings of sensual pleasure, cravings of existence, cravings of, uh, of, of use. All cravings of sensual desire, craving of form, craving of existence in formless realm. Uh, in all these ways, these are all driven by defilements. Many years ago, when I was covering the Heart Sutra, one student asked, uh, if we were to remove all defilements, then, and that's injustice, Without anger, how can we right the wrong? Yeah. You understand? Yeah. Usually when there's injustice, we will feel at least a bit of frustration, if not anger, yeah, righteous anger. Then we feel compelled to do something. So that person asks a very innocent question. Without that, if you remove all forms of anger, then how do you even right the wrong? So. Uh, the 12 links uh, describe the mechanism behind samsara. Our cycle through existence is driven by defilements. Uh, but once in a while, we do act in ways that is not driven by defilements. Yeah. And depending on individuals, we, our knowledge may vary. Some people spend more time acting out of defilements, others less than. Uh, it may not be easy to appreciate that there are those who can totally act um, without defilements. Yeah. Uh, but there are those who can indeed act without the influence of defilements. In this case, when we talk about bodhisattvas, they, are, they no longer arise in samsara uh, through defilements. Yeah. No longer through defilements. But out of love and compassion, guided by wisdom, they arise in samsara again. Much like, maybe Geylang may not be the best example, yeah? but let's consider third world countries. Uh, there are many Singaporeans that I know of who knowingly choose to uh, pay, uh, pay for a, a tour, pay for a trip, uh, but not go and enjoy five five-star, six-star uh, treatment in 
developed countries, but they choose to go to some developed countries and not just go for a tour there, you know, but actually spend part of the trip uh, serving the locals yeah, to do humanitarian work and not just throw money there. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's what they call, what a, uh, there's a term they use, uh, you know, humanitarian tour or something. So I would say that while that in totality cannot be compared to that of a Bodhisattva, but that's the closest real-life example I can give to you uh, It may help you understand it better. Uh, that our arising in different countries or different states uh, don't always have to be driven by the dominance. So, uh, yes and no. Huh? Yeah. So if you go by the classical teaching, the Buddha has entered Parinibbana, that's it. Uh, many people have asked, in the Buddha's time, have asked the Buddha himself, what will happen to the Buddha after he entered Parinibbana? Will he exist or will he not exist? Will he both exist and not exist? Or will he neither exist nor not exist? Uh, to which the Buddha uh, will not reply. Uh, there's one, one sutta or two where he explained why he don't reply. And he, he asserts that uh, in some of these cases, if he were to say exist, there will be a fault. If he said don't exist, there will also be a fault. If he said any of the answers, it, there will be a problem. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yes and no. Huh? Uh, in the classical teaching and in Theravada Buddhism, the focus is on the teachings of the Buddha that can get us enlightened. Yeah. So, it is like in university itself, the professors are concerned about, uh, mainly concerned about teaching you the subjects or the 
the school of learning that they are supposed to teach. Uh, they may not necessarily teach you about office politics, la, you know, or how to do specific work-related stuff. Yeah. So in the classical teaching, what happened after Parinibbana is none of the practitioners concern. Yeah. This is the official standard, not that I'm putting you off again. Uh, in the Mahayana school, then it goes on to, to say that uh, Buddhahood is also but a process. When a person reaches a certain state, then out of, in a way, out of convenience, we give it a name. It is like, does the, does the rain needs to be called rain, then it can rain? You don't need, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, typically, uh, we call it raining. But scientifically, it is called a different name. I think it's called precipitation. Yeah. But do you need it to be known as precipitation that it can rain? No. Yeah. So the stages of enlightenment is in a way conveniently given a certain term. In the Mahana school, there are 10 of these stages, 10 names that is given to various stages of awakening yeah, or development. When a person reaches the, the tenth stage, then this person has uh, the full capacity like a Buddha. Yeah? So he's known as the Jue Pusa. That means the awakening is equivalent to that of a Buddha. Yeah? Uh, what, what is still lacking is the conditions for sentient beings. Yeah? So when there are conditions then, that Bodhisattva will arise in the world as a Buddha. And after the job is done, the engagement is done, if you will, then wrap up and complete the whole cycle, which ends with Parinibbana. Thereafter, depending on the posting, <laughs> but when I say posting, uh, it's a worldly term. Uh. In reality, the Buddhas the, the Bodhisattva who is at that stage then, uh, who is able to arise as a Buddha, would observe where is his services needed. So if certain sentient beings currently is not able to attain enlightenment, but is able to learn about giving, then they may arise in a form suitable to encourage giving. Then they may find that after doing that, the person cannot progress further at this point in time. Then we find who else can benefit from the teachings. Yeah. So in various of the Mahana teachings it says in one of them, uh, to the capacity of the sentient beings, the Buddhas and the Buddhisattvas would uh, arise and appear in different forms in order to teach them. So those who are uh, who are already at this stage 10, uh, they will appear as Buddhas when there are conditions for them, for sentient beings to be awakened through a Buddha's teaching. Yeah, so when we think, so where is Buddha now? We, we are thinking literally of Sakyamuni Buddha, the way he is. Yeah. Uh, but
but in fact that is just a form undertaken by enlightened beings yeah, uh, to, to, to liberate sentient beings. And once that, 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 that task is done, they, end, they complete it with a parinibbana, and then depending on what else needs to be done, they will arise again uh, in different forms. This is the Mahayana uh, Bodhisattva path worldview, which in a, in a way don't contradict the Theravada uh, worldview also. Uh, it just highlights that the, the, the standard view, the classical view, I, I prefer to call it the classical view uh, yeah, rather than Theravada or Mahayana. The classical view versus the, the larger view. Uh. So in Mahayana, the drafting is like news is, uh, uh, well, the good news is, I think most of us may not have the capacity. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, so what should we do? Uh, as I mentioned in the, early, the previous class, as much as we uh, highlight Bodhisattva talk, uh, I would say that uh, start with Start small. Yeah. Uh, many years back, when I was in US, one senior monk uh, often, often times would, uh, when he bumped into me, uh, sometimes uh, I would, I would complain about things, uh, or I would rant. Uh, then he would say, "Ah, Zixing, uh, because my ordination name is Zixing." Then he would say, "Zixing, ah." Uh, <laughs> that you must liberate sentient things. Uh, literally means you must you should liberate sentient things. So first time he said this, second time he said this, third time, fourth time, fifth time. I think one day I fed up. <laughs> uh, because when I first ordained, uh, I have the exact I won't say exact like, similar ideal as you. I just want to become a arahant. Yeah, to me, Buddhahood is too difficult. Huh? So that's why I told him. I said, I just want to attain arahanthood. Uh, I'm not.
not a bodhisattva. I even tell him, I'm not a bodhisattva. <laughs> uh, and that's where he clarified. He said, you are also a sentient being. Now. <laughs> you understand? So all this while when he tell me you have to liberate sentient beings, he's talking about me liberating myself from my grouses, my ranting, my frustration. Uh, whenever we talk about Bodhisattva path, we tend to find it either very overwhelming or very grand. Wow, greater vehicle. Great compassion. Everything is great. Huh? Yeah, it's very lofty. Yeah, very lofty. Very high and lofty. But um, it starts with the foundation of the Shravakapa. Bodhisattvas must eliminate and work on their own defilements first and foremost. Have to. Have to. Uh, and I must highlight that. In the Bodhisattva uh, path, in the Mahayana school, we don't, we, uh, uh, there's a misconception. Yeah? Uh, I feel that there's a misconception, and there are many people who, who insist everybody must attain Buddhahood. Mm. In the Lotus Sutra, it says that ultimately everybody can attain Buddhahood, that all the path ultimately lays the foundation towards Buddhahood. But I don't say that everybody must straight away attain Buddhahood. No. So, in, if you look at the Sutra, that's not what the Buddha said, that everybody must immediately attain Buddhahood. There are those who have the inclination to practice the Shravaka path yeah, and attain Arahant Buddhahood. There are those who have the propensity to, to practice as a Patrika on the Patrika path and attain to Patrika Buddha. There are those who have the have the propensity to, to practice as a Bodhisattva and attain to Samasam Buddha. But in the Lotus Sutra it says all these three paths, Shravaka, Patrika and Bodhisattva path, ultimately lead to So, if you if you find that you are uh, more inclined to attain arahatput, sadu sadu sadu, and don't hesitate. Uh, if you can attain arahatput in this life, like next Wednesday, please don't wait until Thursday. <laughs> no joke. Uh. Uh, and once you attain arahatput, please send me a text. Uh, we'll meet up, and then. I will not just take your word for it, I will ask you questions. Uh, yeah. And then if you are really arahana, oh, I immediately bow down to you. <laughs> then I will invite you as a co-teacher. <laughs> oh, Scully, you from me. <laughs> no, but um, uh, seriously, I, I, uh, I honestly and sincerely think that way. That even as much as I'm in the uh, Chinese Mahana lineage, I don't suggest that everybody have to practice the Bodhisattva path. This text happened to be on the Bodhisattva path. Yeah. 
Uh, but as I mentioned before, uh, bodhicitta, yeah, bodhicitta, there are two levels. One is just awakening. Yeah? Then there's the bodhicitta which points to Buddhahood. Both are awakening, but one is not just about awakening yourself, yeah, but going beyond awakening yourself uh, with the aim of liberating others. So even if you look at all these texts, <coughs> and if you want to read uh, bodhicitta as just uh, liberating yourself, it will still apply for the most part. Yeah. You will still apply. The distinction is that then whatever joy is just for yourself. Uh, whatever joy is just for yourself. Okay. But I would I would highlight now. Uh, do not be mistaken thinking that uh, arahants don't teach others, okay? Venerable uh, Sariputra is known to teach many disciples, many students. Venerable yeah. Mahakachayana is known to elaborate. The Buddha just say one short verse and he can elaborate at length. Uh, there are so many of the arahant disciples who uh, spend their, their, their remaining spend their life teaching and sharing. Uh, even until today, if you look at Theravadan, uh, Bhante, Sayadaws, uh, many of them tirelessly spend their life uh, serving the community. Uh, Bhante has, uh, has a huge center in Sri Lanka for those who visited with us. Uh, but he has been in Singapore since 1971, so 45 years already. 45 years serving uh, the, the Singapore and uh, community. Yeah. So, uh, not just Bhante, but many others from different traditions. Yeah. Sorry for the interruption. Uh -huh. So, let's say if they are serving the community, then wouldn't they be considered on the Bodhisattva path then? Yeah, so, uh, last time, uh, I, I learned that uh, in the Mahayana school, they, we consider Venerable Sariputra to be a Bodhisattva. So when I first heard that, I was very perplexed. Yeah. My thought was, ah, why not also can? So these great disciples are Arahants. For them, anything that is good, you just assume it into the Bodhisattva, you know, group. Then win radio, everything that is, you know, great, great disciple all become Bodhisattva. Uh, the term Bodhisattva uh, basically refers to anyone who has the aspiration to seek enlightenment. Within the Mahana school, is referring to anyone who has the aspiration to seek enlightenment uh, in order to enlighten others, in other words, to become a Buddha, to become a Buddha. Does, does it answer your question? Yeah. yeah no. So they can be on the the Theravada or the uh, yes. what's that called Shravaka path, and then. Yes. 
yet still be Bodhisattva. Is he a fictitious person? Uh, supposedly, supposedly uh, he is a real person in the Buddha's time. Yeah. Yeah. According to my late ordination teacher, I'm not as well read as my teacher, but he says that in some of the texts, it actually points out to that there's this person in the Buddha's time where the Buddha identified as Kuan Pusa. So, uh, yeah, there's, there's always this question of uh, these bodhisattvas, uh, are they real or are they just um, symbolic of qualities that we should aspire to? In fact, in some schools, it is taught that way, yeah, that they are, they are embodiment of compassion. Uh, Manjushri bodhisattva is embodiment of wisdom, uh, but the monastic lineage, the way I was taught, uh, they are not symbolics. Yeah. They, are, they are not personas to become symbols. Yeah. They are actual individuals who have practiced to that level. Okay, so let's take a look. Uh, so the, the fruits of Bodhicitta is not something that you practice and then you attain and then that's it, habis. Yeah. Uh, if I can just very quickly explain this part, if you consider any wholesome deeds that you do that is worldly, it will result in a, a, a happy, pleasant uh, rebirth. Your action is finite, your results is finite. End of story. So in the past, a person may have done good deeds so become a human being and maybe have great wealth. But along the way, maybe uh, for some reason, for whatever reason, forsake kindness. Yeah, so rich but not kind. So that that kindness produces a fruit that's happy, that's pleasant, but that fruit can be used up. And once used up, that's it. You need to keep on replenishing it. Whereas for bodhicitta, uh, the, 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 here it says the fruit itself is, is inexhaustible because the fruit itself is also part of the practice. Bodhisattvas don't, don't go and uh, uh, be reborn as a great king to just enjoy themselves or be reborn in the heavenly realms just to enjoy themselves. In, the, in this case, enlightened ones, even when they are reborn in heavenly realms, they are there for a purpose also. They are there to highlight to fellow he heavenly beings about, about the frailty of such a rebirth. So even then, they are also complicated. Uh, in a way, we can say that we can say that about Singapore also, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, although, of course, we are human. Uh, any non-human here? <laughs> Don't raise your hand. <laughs> But among human beings, uh, we have a choice. We can choose to just relax and enjoy ourselves, especially in Singapore. But there are those of us who don't just attend Dharma classes, but also spend our time 
helping individuals who are not just our family members or friends, but also strangers. Uh, many of my students share with me about the volunteer work that they are doing in various places. Not just volunteer in temples, but in various forms. Uh, so, the fruits of Buddhicitta is it's even more plentiful. Ruren Sui Fan Zi Zong Zui Ran Yi Yong Si De Chu Wei Ruo Yu Su Ling Xie Tuo Zhe Wei Zui Zi Ren He Bu Yi As time they pass through periods guarded by a hero I think here Yong Si is translated as hero uh, even those who weigh down with dreadful wickedness will instantly be freed from having bodhicitta. Who then would not place his trust in it? Yong uh, Si, warrior, better translated as warrior, guarded by a warrior. As time they pass through periods, uh, Probably to pass through passages, yeah, uh, passages like uh, you know, like our custom. But our custom, the the custom officers don't look like warriors. Yeah. <laughs> In ancient times, the the uh, for those who went to Silk Road with uh, with us in September, yeah, the the Huan, yeah, even Huan. Yeah, all those are the uh, like a checkpoint uh, yeah, and they have guards there strong guards like warriors uh. so uh, and that, that is really the metaphor okay the, the parable here those who have uh, who have uh, committed heavy offenses you want to escape there are guards there you know how to escape yeah? uh, but here it says, I know a lot of you having strange thoughts. I purposely do explain. Uh, just, just go along with it. Yeah, a lot of you, what kind of teaching is this? Right. Here it's basically saying, uh, those with with uh, heavy offenses, you cannot escape. You know, there's no escape. All the passes are guarded by warriors, by guards. Yeah, so how can you escape? But um, for those with bodhicitta. Or you can easily just escape. Uh, literally, it means that you can easily just escape. Yeah. And if, if that's possible, then why would those who have committed offenses not depend on this bodhicitta? Here, it, it, this verse 13 is basically putting bodhicitta as a get out of jail free card. So why? How many of you think that it works that way? How many of you don't don't think this is possible? How many of you? About this a commentary or? So this itself, this kind of statement, uh, seems to be in contradiction with the Buddhism we usually learn, isn't it? Yeah, we usually learn about how. 
Uh, that's why I skip now. Yeah, and so on, isn't it? Yeah. So, how then can this be possible? If a person has bodhicitta, uh, a few things happen. One of them is, if you have bodhicitta, then you disconnect with evil and wholesome thoughts, evil and wholesome body, speech, and mind. And having disconnected from evil and wholesome body, speech, and mind, of course, Kabyanta. There are many people who say, oh, I want to have bodhicitta. But how many people actually fulfill bodhicitta? <laughs> but for those who can fulfill bodhicitta uh, in its totality, then you are free from the evil and wholesome body, speech, and mind. So here, for such a person with such wickedness, if you can then arouse Buddhicitta, the trouble is, how, how easy is it? <laughs> it's just, it's, this is the same formula as you find in pure land practice. Yeah? It says that even those who have done the five penis deeds, you can actually be reborn uh, but provided uh, at, the, at the point of your death uh, you happen to be able to encounter uh, good spiritual friends wholesome friends and wholesome spiritual friends who bring to you know remind you of the Buddha Dhamma Sangha remind you of the Buddha and his qualities and you can actually connect with them. Uh, then you can, you can go. Can. <laughs> so to, to bring it down to our day-to-day, -day, I have a special magic formula for all of you. You will never get angry again. If, if you can connect with the Buddha, Dharma, Sangha, yeah, when you get angry, when you're about to get angry, uh, then you will never get angry again. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> For most people, when you are upset, angry, or sorrowful, or depressed, yeah, you feel hurt, you feel injustice, and then down there, <laughs> then when, you, when someone kind of try to you know cheer you up, can you be cheered so easily? Like you are, <laughs> then you say, it's okay, huh? Okay, is it? Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> can I? We can. Yeah, can we do that? Hard to do that. Most of us do want to do that at that moment. When we are now like all happy, we think about it. Why would anyone want to stay in that state? Isn't it? But when we are in that state, we want to stay in that state. We want to have that mindset. We we hold on to the mindset. I'm right. He's wrong. I have to be angry. Right. Injustice is about that, ma. It's wrong, I'm right. So that's why I'm angry. So, when we look at this verses, it seems like uh, an incredible promise. Yeah. But it's not an incredible promise. If you can, if even a person with heavy offenses, heavy evil and wholesomeness, but if he can put that aside and arouse bodhicitta, 放下屠刀, 立地成佛, 
there's a sutra that a, a person that you may be familiar with, Venerable Angulimala. Mm. You know him? Just through the text, la, not in person. <laughs> so in the Buddha's time, there's this person called Ahimsa. Venerable Angulimala's original name is Ahimsa, the harmless one. Yeah, it's, a, it's a long sutra. i just tell you the last part. So the last part is usually what we hear, but there's a long, long front part. Yeah. Um, so at the last moment, the Buddha, the Buddha saw that he... He is going to kill his mother. So the Buddha is said to have manifested in front of him and then uh, to sort of lure him to attack him. Lure Angulimala uh, to attack the Buddha. And the Buddha did get chased by him, but using his spiritual power, uh, Angulimala was not able to reach the Buddha. And there was a conversation that took place. And through the conversation, the Buddha, you know, planted or, 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 or caused him to question. Yeah. Uh, and the verse goes something like, he he chased and chased, and he's a he's a very strong young man. Uh, he managed to kill so many people. So he chased after the Buddha, and then he chased, chased cannot cannot reach the Buddha. So he said, "Stop, you this monk, stop! What kind of, you know, stop?" I asked you to stop. And then the Buddha's reply was, but I have stopped. You are the one who have you, you haven't stopped. <laughs> and I said, but what are you talking about? Yeah, the Buddha, imagine you are chased by a killer. Huh? He is a killer who has killed 999 person. And you are chased by such a person. Would you, assuming you managed to outrun him, yeah, would you then go and reply? I have stopped, but you have not stopped. <laughs> <laughs> huh? But that's what the Buddha said. And that got him thinking. And that got him thinking. He said, what am I talking about? Surely you are the one who has not stopped because I have been running like you. I cannot catch you. So you must be the one who is running. So then the Buddha explained, I have long since stopped killing, harming others, but you have not stopped. That moment, he he realized the, the the foolishness of his action. The background story is that he got conned by his teacher, who who got upset because of a of a lie, of a tale by the wife, because the wife uh, long story wanted to get together with the with Ahimsam, but Ahimsam <laughs> won, and, uh, <laughs> it is those kind of crime that will appear in the newspaper today. So with that. Uh, Angulimana realized the falliness of his actions and then gave, gave up the kill. Yeah. Uh, the thing I want to highlight is uh, that how many people in the midst of that still have that kindness? Uh, if you read the sutra itself, to me, the, the liberation the liberation was actually when the Buddha appeared. The moment the Buddha appeared, uh, in fact, it's in the translation, when he saw his, his mom, there was a, a kind of like, ah, why, why must it be my mom? 
And so when he saw the Buddha, he didn't know that it was the Buddha. He just saw that it's, it's, a, it's a samana, it's an ascetic. And so he thought, ah, rather an ascetic than my mother. And to me, that was the point of liberation, of turning point. That compassion for his mother arise at that moment. Because if he, if he has, if a person who is like bent on killing and want to take the easy way out, your mother is your my mother already. Mom. <laughs> but it was that compassion for the mother, the love for the mother, that in a way saved him. But the Buddha helped in that way, appeared at the right time. But unfortunately, sometimes for us, uh, even when we are when we are upset, even when our loved ones, who cares whether it's father or mother, uh, tell us, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not coming down. Uh, so who can save us? If you have bodhicitta, but it's not simply just for now bodhicitta. Then instantly, uh, we must have have cultivated that so strongly. Uh, then, even if you have done a lot of evil deeds, then it's possible. But do not be mistaken, okay? This text is not suggesting, likewise in any of the Buddhist texts, it's not suggesting that you can or should just go ahead and do whatever you want, and then just just come to the Buddha and then arouse Buddhicitta, and then settle everything. Uh, or you go and do all kinds of crazy stuff at work, and then come to the Buddha and say, Hey, Buddha, Again, after after some time, come back. Hey, Buddha. Hey, again, in Buddhist It's not to be understood that way. Okay. Forty Sing Ru. 就是为解火 Just as by the fires at the end of time Great sins uh, I would not use the word sins. I would use great are boundless, as the wise and loving Lord explained to Sudana. So this uh, wise loving Lord is actually referring to Maitreya. It is designed to uh, to train your patience, perfection. 
can use this keyboard and still be happy. I think we are one step closer. <laughs> <laughs> so this Fu Ti Sing Ru Wei Jie Huo. So in the in the Buddhist teachings, there is actually mentioned about end of times, uh, but it's not the end end. It's just the end of the cycle. Yeah. And at the, the last part of the cycle, uh, the world is consumed through fire. Uh, but the good news is, in Buddhism, uh, sentient things are not consumed by it. <laughs> it is that when sentient things no longer have the conditions to be reborn here, they will be reborn in other places. And when there's no more sentient things in a certain realm or certain world, that world will just be extinguished. Yeah, and the final extinguishing would be through fire. Through fire. Maybe. Uh, so it's quite funny because there are some some Buddhists who uh, who actually buy into the 2012, uh, year 2000, year 2001, 2002, 2003. Yeah, every year there's some end of the world prediction. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, if you if you if you look at the teachings, then it says that the the world will not end simply uh, like that. Even when there's human beings around, yeah. uh, but what's even more important is not the end of the world, but end of suffering. In Buddhism, the focus is not on the how the world starts, but how suffering starts. It's also not preoccupied with how this world is going to end, but how suffering comes to an end. So, but here the description is is tapping onto the description of the world cycle. Yeah. Uh, this fire is can be said to be the greatest fire throughout all, all times uh, because this is the one that actually consumed the whole world. So uh, Bodhicitta is described like that fire. Yeah, that it can burn away all kinds of uh, evil and wholesomeness. And again, the, the, the direct reading is, oh, you can do a lot of evil, then you do this, then have this, huh? all burn up. Uh, another way of reading it, which I think would be more in line with the Buddha's teaching, is that if you arouse bodhicitta, then you will learn the six paramita, then you wouldn't go and do evil and wholesome things. Yeah. As I mentioned earlier, you'll be free of. Uh, evil and wholesome body, speech, and mind. And that's what I shared with my mom about Yizang Jing. Yeah. Uh, many people think, oh, I just keep reciting Yizang Jing, then Mie Zhu Zui, Mie Wu Lang Zui. But if you look at Yizang Jing itself, it's talking about a lot of the suffering in the world and what causes it. Yeah. So by highlighting it in the human realm, it's telling human beings or sharing the teachings that what to avoid to not be reborn in the lower realms. And in that way you are liberated. And in that way you are liberated. Yes. Sorry, back to the 
would it also affect the three realms that you were talking about? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It affects the sensual desire realm. And the three lower, uh, the first, second, and third jhana of the form world. Formless world is not affected. Fourth jhana is also not affected. But uh, our world should not be ending within our lifetime. Right? So far, the, the first chapter, there's still quite a, quite a bit to go, uh, you'll find that it, it goes on and on about all the different benefits using uh, parables, metaphors to describe the, the immensity of Bodhicitta, yeah, the benefits of Bodhicitta. Yeah. Um, I want to suggest, I want to not suggest, I want to ask you all to do an exercise. Go back for this one week. Yeah, every day when you wake up, uh, just have this thought. May I spend this one day of precious human life uh, to benefit others and things? Just have this thought. This is the first exercise. Second exercise, then you can ask yourself, how can you benefit others and things? And then the third exercise, at the end of the day, ask yourself again, how have you benefited others and things for the day? Now, and to, to make sure that one week later we don't have depressed kids here. <laughs> After one week, <laughs> so, I'm an evil and wholesome person. <laughs> Then you have exhibited uh, a quality of Bodhicitta to care for others. Yeah? How many of you, when you walk through a, a, a doorway, hold the door for somebody? Which one? Wow, almost there. <laughs> Just hold a few more times. Huh? The door without put open for you. <laughs> I, I say this with honesty, with sincerity. Yeah. I don't mean to trivialize Buddhahood. But oftentimes, we, we do all these things uh, out of sometimes thinking it's out of social norm. But even then, you notice some people go inside the Bo Bochawana. They can stand right next to the thing and they, they see that. They, they see what they see some of them. There are people who are like that. Uh, the reason why I highlight this is because sometimes we may feel like we have not done any good. Don't think that way. Yeah, don't think that way. Kwan Pusa, as Louis mentioned or, or, or highlighted of this great Buddhist Atwara. But 
or his words greatest Buddhism or he didn't become greatest by attaining Bodhisattvahood. He he started doing small things like holding doors. Like just just saying, Are you okay? You know? Very simple things. But by little by little, yeah, then the various wholesome qualities become affected. It is not that you attain Bodhisattva, become Kwansi then all this become perfect. It is through the practice that you perfect yourself, bit by bit, small, small actions. Okay? So can you all remember the three exercises? Cannot remember. First exercise, every day when you wake up, uh, to just have this talk. Uh, may I spend the day benefiting other sentient beings? And then the second exercise, to ask yourself, how can I benefit other sentient beings? And this question, does, the second exercise doesn't have to be done immediately when you wake up. It can be done multiple times throughout the day. Always be on the lookout. Who needs my help? Then the third exercise, at the end of the day, to ask yourself, ah, how have I benefited sentient beings? Okay? Wow. You can do that, huh? One week of Buddhist support, you know. Oh, next week, when I come, uh, I see all you floating up. Here we meet again, may be guided and protected by the Buddha, Dharma and the Sangha.